Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the 9320 Review Podcast, the show that sadly has had to, at very late notice, postpone its regular Laugh at United section until further notice. Uh, we're looking back at the stalest of 1-0 defeats at the Emirates, as City are knocked off top spot, going into yet another international break, yippee. Plenty to talk about, if not from the match itself, perhaps, which was no classic. Uh, to do so, got two main men in. It's Asan and it's Lloyd. Hey, son. Good afternoon. How are you? Afternoon, Howard. Um, I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah. Can't can't say I'm uh, full of the joys of spring or anything like that. And but I must say that it's definitely not football related. I think I find football to be the uh, the least of my concerns right now. Oh dear, sounds worrying. Well, summer's almost over as well. It's Monday. Yeah, no, it's it's nothing in particular. It's nothing <laughs> in particular. Just a general. State of the nation type yeah. thing, state of the world type thing. Yeah, I don't think we want to go down that rabbit hole, do we? So, no, <clears throat> no. Uh, Lloyd, good afternoon. Afternoon. You full of the joys of spring stroke autumn? <laughs> spring stroke autumn. Uh, I feel fine. To be fair, I'm quite chipper. Um, I'm as as. Listeners will probably come to learn. I'm not too down, really, after the defeat slash performance. Um, but yeah, I share Asan's sentiments on like the general world state of play. But we don't need to talk about that. We have to talk about the game. Yeah. How was your weekend in general then? Yeah, it was good. I just uh, we just chilled really around the house and were with the cat because we were away for like ten days. So um, <laughs> we thought we owed him a bit of a, a bit, bit of time. Good stuff. Right, no messing about, let's jump into the match. Uh, yeah, we have got an international break to look forward to, so I'm sure we're all <laughs> raring to get away and prep for that and the joys of a friendly with Australia uh, at the end of the week. So, I mean, some big matches ahead. So, Asan, let's start with the team. I've put surprises, but perhaps not just in names, but seeping into the match itself here immediately where they would position themselves on the pitch. What did you think of the team and how they would eventually line up when the match started? I mean, in general, I'm not somebody who gets... Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a team sheet panicker, so it's rare that the team sheet drops and I, I immediately worry. So on paper, it looked fine, but a little bit like you've just said, I think the question was, who's playing where, basically? And, and and how that then uh, seeps into fluidity and rhythm. Mm. Well, let's talk to the team sheet panicker. Uh, likes to give us rumours about eight hours in advance. Lloyd, what did you think of the team? Um, well, they're not really rumours. They're often right these days, aren't they? All these leaks, they tend to, mm. tend to be bang on. Um, I mean, yeah, I was very happy with the eleven. To be fair, I think the problem really came from where some of those guys were, and so as we start to do to kind of look at the criticisms from the game, and I think what the issues were, yeah. I think a lot we played basically three, at least three players in quite unfamiliar positions. Um, so obviously, Ake inside with Guardiola as like the left back. Um, I think Bernardo as a six. Kovacic kind of as a as an eight, um, and then Alvarez obviously out on the right, um, 
where I think he was really neutered. So, yeah, when you see the 11, you kind of think, right, okay, so Kovacic is playing in the six. We've got Lewis, Alvarez in the middle, Foden on the right, Foden on the left. Um, but it didn't really look like that, did it, in reality? So, no. um, so yeah. Happy to see Rico Lewis, though, which we did suspect might happen after the midweek performance. Yeah, I think that made loads of sense, to be honest. I think, um, you know, against Wolves, what we really missed was someone to take the ball on the half turn and give it at the right time, kind of increase the passes, do what Gundo's done down the years. And what we had was kind of Kovacic and Nunes making poor decisions on when to carry uh, and getting robbed of the ball. So that made total sense to me. Um, and yeah, I think he, he really earned it midweek. That was a proper like 9 out of 10 performance away at Leipzig. Okay, Asan, uh, we're not going to break this down into sections apart from first few minutes and the rest. Now, the way I remember it is Arsenal looked really timid uh, and we started so well and, of course, should have been ahead. Uh, cleared off the line from Rice, from Cardiel, and, let's be honest, pretty shocking miss from Ake afterwards. So, after a few minutes, I imagine we're feeling, despite the miss and the frustration, they're pre- feeling pretty good about how it looked like it was going to pan out. Yes, um, I thought we started well enough, uh, but I think one of the uh, one of the things you always have to be careful of with away games is that you can start really well, but you have to be aware that at some point the home team will have their moment and um, we'll try and reassert some control. Particularly, I mean, obviously, with City, there's a lot of teams that just can't or won't reassert control. But a really good team like Arsenal, I think it's really unlikely that the entire game pans out in the manner in which that first sort of five or ten minutes did. Um, So, yeah, we started brightly. Uh, I think you've got to take chances. I think that's the other thing. I think the, the... the more you look at that Ake chance, the easier it looks to me. Every Each time I've seen it, it's looked a little mm. bit easier than, than the previous time. Um, uh, fair enough, he's a defender, but I, I don't care if the keeper's there. I think you've got to bury that. Um, and yeah, like I mean, look, outside of that, we started bright enough. I, I'll say one thing for me that was uh, of immediate concern was... Um, so... In in a lot of the Alvarez Foden Haaland games, if not in all of the Alvarez Foden Haaland games, Foden has sta- has been stationed nominally on the right side of the like a right sided ten stroke eight, and Alvarez has been a left sided ten stroke eight, um, and then so the game kicks off and it's pretty clear that Alvarez is playing like some sort of hybrid right wing right sided ten position and and Foden is kind of trying to do the same and it just I just didn't like that straight away I was like I don't really see the point in flipping them the two of them have been they were beginning to find some rhythm and something of an understanding in the positions that they were being asked to play so to then change them in such a big game um felt a little bit I mean look it's it's the um, it's the two-sided coin of of uh, Guardiola in that 
he often makes changes, he often tweaks things, and 99% of the time they work. And when they work, nobody says shit. Um, but in this instance, to me, quite early on, that felt like something that was not working for either of them. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Sorry, just, Carl, can yeah. I just say, to be, just to build on that, I, do, I think that's one of the big patterns of the game that came out for me, and that's why... I'm not too concerned. I do. Th I think Pep tried something on Sunday, and it just didn't work. Um, and that's kind of tactically and just the general approach to the game, which had a little bit of like Anfield away last season, Spurs in the Champions League away a few years ago. It had a bit of a bit of that about it. Um, so yeah, I I think that is a very pertinent point that Asan's just made. Well, yeah, I. My prediction that Arsenal would throw everything else, Lloyd, for 30 minutes uh, could not have been more wrong. I said, I've already said, they looked timid. Uh, and yet, we didn't really take advantage of that early domination. We looked as timid as them. Was this? Was it players out of position for both? Was it, obviously, we had big emissions from the team. And I think... I think every every midfielder who played at the Emirates last season wouldn't have been on the pitch for this game. You know, Gundogan, Rodri, Kevin De Bruyne, Grealish, for example. But they lost Saka as well, of course. And it seemed to me, for much of this match, that both teams, both managers, were just didn't want to take a chance, really. Or am I being unfair on actually tactically they were just negating each other and cancelling each other out? I think both, to be fair. Um, but I'd put it, I put if it was to, to go for one rather than the other, I think it was probably the former. So, yeah, I agree. I thought Arsenal were really meek. Um, and, you know, ultimately what, what is frustrating is when you approach a game like that from City's point of view and you kind of play a bit for a draw and you're happy to kind of, you know, dig in a little bit, Ultimately, you leave yourself open to a shithouse goal like what they score, and then when you do lose the game, you can kind of have no, um, kind of no no complaints. That being said, I don't really think Arsenal did enough to win the game on balance. I think a draw probably was the fair result. Um, I mean, for example, going back to the negating point, like I thought Gavardio had a great game up against Jesus. I thought that was a real battle, probably the biggest on the pitch, and whilst Maybe on the ball he wasn't brilliant, Guardiola. I thought defensively he was excellent uh, and really kind of stood up and negated Jesus, who you know had a kind of similar Jesus game to what we're aware of, which was a lot of hustle and bustle, a lot of kind of good moments. But when he got a couple of chances, he leant back and skied it. Um, so yeah, I think in summary, I think both. But I think it was clear, or it became clear as the second half was wearing on that both teams were probably quite happy with um, one point in shake hands. Hmm. Issues for City then, for you, Asan, you've already mentioned moving three players out of position, I think, stunted their, possibly, their performance. Were there other issues, like lack of width, creativity, and, of course, no service to the anonymous Haaland? Or do you think it was manager-led in a way that the caution just took over, that there was just a lack of ambition across the pitch in this, for the vast, vast majority of the match. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that the narrowness of the team 
was really apparent from really early on. And it made, it just made it very difficult to sort of see a way through Arsenal. Um, now, at the same time, I don't think anybody played well. So it's, it's really difficult to have... Uh, th so there's two things, right? So one, I don't think anybody played particularly well. But also, I think that the whole thing, the system, it, it was all built on the idea of, all right, well, Raya can have the ball and will jump when Raya plays the ball out. Um, mm. And I think the problem is the bookings. I think that Bernardo gets booked too early for a stupid, naive challenge. I think it's... I find it infuriating that Kovacic then does pretty much the same thing five or six minutes later because those two are the platform. I mean, if they if they can't if they can't pressure, well, then you've got no press. So it's going to make it really, really difficult. And actually, and again, like, you know, I guess the, the, there's this thing of like, you spend a week preparing a game or however many days it is that you spend, but they will have spent time preparing the Arsenal game. So you spend ages making a plan for the game and then a key part of that plan is defunct 20 minutes in. Now, once that happens, you've got two choices. You either continue with that plan or you, you change. And Pep is not a fast changer. Pep's generally somebody who, once he's got his plan, he will give it as long as he, he needs to or wants to give it before, uh, before changing it up. Me personally, the moment Kovacic gets balked, I rip up whatever the plan was and I start again. And if that means making a substitution there and then, or it means making substitutions at half time and completely changing the dynamic of, of how you're playing, you do that. Um, but he obviously didn't do that. They carried on. But for me, from the moment that, and then uh, to compound Kovacic's first booking, it's obviously a clear second booking for the one that he doesn't get booked for, which in my opinion, almost completely kills the game from a City point of view because all of those players know he should have seen red. So everybody knows next chance the ref gets, he's going to do some daft because he's going to try and even it up. Um, and so then everybody plays within themselves. And so each problem compounds the next problem and the previous problem. And so with each... If you take if you break the game down into fifteen minutes fifteen minute chunks, then for me, the final fifteen of the first half, the game's dead. Like by when the halftime whistle comes, I've got I'm fairly sure Pep's not making a change at half time, and I'm fairly sure that the game's just gonna peter out well, into nothingness because Do you, do you think cool. he's happy with a dead game? Thanks for listening to the first fifteen minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.